0: Alright, welcome to the Quarantine Spook Show, I'm Kyle Caresi. This is the show where I do improvised horror stories. What I do is I pull out random titles from a jar, and then I make up the stories from there. And if you have any uh, story titles you'd like to submit, uh, you can send them to quarantinespookshow at gmail.com. Or send them to me through a more direct way. Oh yeah, it's still in the uh, the pit of autumn in the northwest. More leaves are falling and drying up. More rains coming. It's getting colder. Seasonal depression is up and swinging. You know, definitely make an effect on people. And my birthday's coming up as well. Now, I don't know how tonight's stories are going to unfold. But I'm curious to see uh, what they entail. Anyway, let's get started. Alright. This story is called Traces of Ash into the Fruit Brandy. Was an exciting prospect. Staying in an old cabin up in the mountains. Definitely larger than a than a shack. It uh, had two private rooms and a bathroom with functional plumbing. It empties out to a septic tank that. uh, Gets uh, emptied by the owners. But it seemed like a glorious spot for a double date. Especially in such a scenic time as summer. So a lake nearby Definitely excited Cheryl To start swimming there It was Cheryl And uh, her friend Sandra And then their two boyfriends uh, Richie And Brad So Cheryl, Sandra, Richie and Brad. Cheryl dated Richie. And Sandra dated Brad. Cheryl and Richie were still in the phase of getting to know each other in a more intimate way. They've never really traveled alone together or anything. So this would be their first venture out of town. Sandra and Brad, you know, they've been dating for ages, you know. They've probably been dating for about four years, you know. Anyone who knows them kind of wonders when they're gonna put a ring on it, you know. Unless they want to go for those, uh, non-committal hetero relationships which is, you know, also cool but Cheryl and uh, Richie were still making their own efforts to define themselves still getting to know each other in a lot of ways whereas whenever they spent time with uh, Sandra and Brad it seemed like they knew each other in and out you know didn't have any secrets left. But with a long-term uh, relationship like that, it's easy for anyone to wonder—you know—what happens behind closed doors and all that jazz. Cheryl certainly had those curiosities, but she kept them to herself. Time she just wanted to hang out with Richie and hang out with her friends, uh, Sandra and Brad. Really get in touch with neighbor. Really getting in touch with uh, nature and taking the opportunity to unplug from the world of phones and internet and weird tech companies trying to launch virtual habitats and uh, cryptocurrency, or whatever the fuck. Again, it was pretty spacious. It had a nice dead uh, bear pelt on the ground, a coffee table on top. It had no TV, but it had a really sweet fireplace, and Brad was just like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Sandra was just like, yeah, yeah, this is really cool. Cheryl observed uh, Brad and noticed that he was very easily impressed by most things. Not to say that the cabin wasn't impressive. But over time she noticed Sandra uh, steadily be uh, less inclined to be impressed by things. Or less stunned by how impressed Brad was by things. Richie put his bags down, and he was just like, Yeah, I'm really excited to get all cozy and all that. And Cheryl just said, Oh yeah, you bet. She didn't really know how to be sultry in any way. Um, you know, it's still something she was learning. She could only just use the kind of generic phrases that you can really find in really bad rom-coms. Or like, really bad pick-up lines. You know, just saying shit like, Oh, hot tamale, or whatever. Like a weird catchphrase from, a, from an 80s or 90s sitcom that got cancelled after one season because no one watched it because of how terrible the writing was. To her, that's where she felt like she learned her, her uh, romantic vernacular. And she was working on it, because, you know, she wanted to turn Richie on, you know, and get him excited in bed and all that jazz, and to also communicate her excitement. These were some conversations that her and Richie were having as they were getting to know each other and uh, developing their relationship, taking it to the next level. Uh, Sandra and Brad already seemed well past that level, but Cheryl was really curious how further they would take their relationship. Not that she was speculating that the end was near for Sandra and Brad... At the very least, she was curious to see how it unfold. But it was about four in the afternoon. And Brad started to make some coffee. And Sandra was just like, you're making coffee? And then Brad was just like, yeah, aren't you tired? Sandra was just like, um, not not really. I can go for some tea though. And Brad was like, Alright, I'll, I'll make some coffee and tea. And Sandra was just like, Well, I don't think any of us any of us need coffee. And then Richie was just like, Yeah, I can use some coffee, sure. And then Cheryl said, Yeah, I can I'll go for some tea, you know, something uh semi-caffeinated, like green tea or something. Brad looked through the cupboards, uh Seems like they only have Earl Grey here, unless anyone else brought anything. And then Richie said, "I got some uh, like cinnamon-based tea, you know, some sort like a, some sort of spice chai, cinnamon kind of thing." And then Cheryl was just like, "Okay, yeah, I'll have that." So they all had their respective hot beverages, and then they started to walk around the place and explore, pick out their rooms, uh, take a walk outside in the woods. There's some a couple of trails that kind of unfurled deeper into the woods, which they were all very excited about. started to make a nice steak dinner. Cheryl was getting a fire going. And everyone was just hanging out, really just talking. Uh, There were some books in the place that they were flipping through. A lot of books about fishing and uh, about mushroom hunting. about, uh, Washington's history and all that. And also the fictional biography of, the fictional memoir of, uh, Larry Sanders, uh, written by Gary Shandling, who's there also for some reason. Sure, we'll sit, sit in there, uh their, uh, with their re-upped tea, looking around, watching everyone do their thing, you know, Brad was cooking, you know, Richie was reading the, uh, Larry Sanders book, and Sandra was just looking, uh, also having a hot drink, and looking at the leaves blow out the window, Cheryl was just like, hey, do you guys want to hear something really cool? And then she was like, oh, what is it, babe? And Cheryl said, I have no idea what the fuck's going on the internet right now. And then Sandra was just like, dude, it's fucking awesome. And Brad was just like, yeah, I'm like a thousand percent less stressed than I usually am, just because I'm not checking any social media feeds or anything like that. Cheryl said, Jesus Christ, you know, I thought it'd be cool to get, like, you know, unplugging would be like, oh, not communicating with anyone in the outside world or whatever, you know, or not watching TV or anything. But fuck, man, unplugging is like a whole new level, you know? Not that I mind plugging in once in a while, but like, fuck, man, this is like, this is how people are meant to live, right? And Richie was just like, yes. Totally. So, after dinner, started busting out some drinks, and started playing a game of Monopoly. It was the Simpsons, uh, Treehouse of Horror edition of Monopoly that was already in the house. You guys want to try this uh, brandy that I got? And Brad was just like, yeah, totally, let's see it. So Richie, uh, got the bottle and poured everyone a shot. And then Sandra was like, mm, this smells really good, what is it? Richie said, "Oh, it's a uh, cherry brandy from a, you know, brew- from a brewery uh, or a distillery from uh, a farm called Peacock House in Oregon." And then Richie was just like, "So yeah, cheers." And then Sandra was just like, "Oh, we should cheers to something." And then Brad said, "All right, what do you want to cheers to?" Sandra said, I don't know, I was hoping someone else would think about it. Think about something. Um, And then Cheryl was just like, I know. How about, cheers to togetherness, man. And then Richie was all like, "To to the beat spirit. And they, uh, find their glasses and drank it. Oh, fuck, that's really good. Right? said Rishi. So they just started drinking together and uh, finished up their game of Monopoly. Um, Brad ended up winning um, after claiming he was never really good at uh, finances or Monopolyisms. Then after the game, uh, they still kept drinking a little bit more and went out to the uh, patio deck of the cabin bringing out their drinks and whatnot. And she was, uh, leaning against the railing. And Cheryl joined them, both having small servings of the cherry brandy. And then Richie said, this is really nice. Cheryl said, yeah. It's definitely hotter than you'd expect it to be. Yeah, summer's really getting hotter out here. It's like, uh, getting, to, like, southern wet weather, or, like, tropical weather or something. And Cheryl sighed, and she was like, yeah, it's getting there. And then they both shared a silence, uh both respectively contemplating about the times to come. But then Richie said, yeah, I really, uh... You know, I'm really excited that we get to do this together, you know? I mean, I know, you know, five months isn't, like, a long time for a lot of people, but... You know, I'm just trying to... I think it's important to, like, you know... Hold your loved ones close and give the people who care about a call and all that. You know, and it's just... Really glad that we get to share this moment together and this weekend together, you know. Because I really like you. Cheryl said, Yeah, I really like you too. And then they kissed there on the patio. Brad and Sandra were already in bed. And Sharon and Richie uh, went to their room, and made sweet love during the night. It's probably the most passionate sex that they've either of them have ever had uh, together. Another exciting leg and threshold in their relationship. Cheryl was the last one to wake up that next morning. She always, she was always someone that slept in, you know, and she'd always uh, snooze hardcore, you know, and she'd wake up, she'd always spend like an hour or two in bed, either fucking around on her phone or just thinking about shit. Sometimes even reading. Definitely before uh, when she had a uh, coffee or tea, or whatever she chose to start her morning with. Even though it was something like orange juice. But after her heavy note of drinking, she was definitely about the coffee for sure. Brad definitely had the deepest voice, but uh. She heard Richie's cut through the walls based on just like whatever frequency it was at. Sandra's voice was more muffled, probably because she was the furthest away from Cheryl's room. And then there's another voice. More authoritative, you know? More curt. Cheryl got up and put on her robe. Then went to the living room. And she saw Brad, Richie, and Sandra. All having either. All having coffee mugs in their hands. Breakfast was already made. Uh, some pancakes and sausage. Some plates were already occupied. Uh, and some meals were partially eaten. But by the doorway was a. Uh, looked like a park ranger. Cheryl was too tired and hungover to really decipher all the specific words he was saying. And then this park ranger was already making his way out, and he says, yeah, I just wanted to pop in and just let let you know what was happening. So, yeah, just, that's all. And Brad was like, no, yeah, thank you. You know, thanks for telling us, letting us know. We really appreciate it, seriously. Sandra was like yeah absolutely and the ranger was like alright if you need anything there is a there is a CB radio Um, you know I think uh, Tucker leaves it in the basement if you choose to radio us or anything and the ranger said yeah yeah absolutely yeah thanks again and the ranger said goodbye and then waved to Cheryl and then left Richie, uh, Sandra, and Brad were all sitting there quiet. Richie was holding a plate of half-eaten pancakes. He set it down had some coffee. And Sandra looked at Cheryl and said, How much of that did you hear? And Cheryl was just like, I'm, I literally just woke up. I don't know. And then Richie said, "Well, there's a there's a forest fire uh, happening nearby, um, probably like uh, 40 minutes out." Charles said, "Oh shit." And then Richie said, "Yeah, they're working on it. They got like a team uh, trying to contain it and all that." But the ranger wanted to stop by saying, uh, you know, talking about like, hey, you know, how it might be wise to want to evacuate. Uh, like, it's not at the, that evacuation threshold yet, but it's certainly in the uh, advisement care category of that. We were asking him, you know, if he could predict if the fire would come this way at all. Um, he said he uh, honestly couldn't, so that's, you know, but it's definitely good to exercise caution so we're thinking about um, heading out today, uh, maybe just enjoying our breakfast and then kind of packing our things up and leaving the afternoon Cheryl's just like, well fuck I was having a really good time and Brad said, yeah we all were and Sandra cleared her throat she was uh, reading Cheryl correctly uh, when he said, hey, do you want me to get you some coffee? And Cheryl's like, yeah, yeah, I need um some coffee, uh, maybe some toast or something. She's like, well, we got pancakes. I'll have one pancake. Yeah, sure, sure, just something in my stomach. Cheryl had the, got the coffee in the Pancake and just went out to the patio to be by herself for a bit. Back to where her and her chief uh, shared that special moment. Both of their brandies were still outside on the railing, and some pieces of ash were covering on the top surface of the liquid. Richie came out, and he was like, Hey, you doing okay, Cheryl? And Cheryl was like, Yeah, I'm fine. It's just, you know, it's fucking... It's just fucking par for the course, you know? Like, we can't even have a good time without some... Traumatic, impending disaster also happening, you know? And then Richie was like, Yeah, I guess that's how it is these days. And Cheryl chuckled and then just had a bite of pancake she had a sip of coffee and she was like oh fuck this coffee's good Richard was like yeah yeah well you know take your take your time um you know then we'll head out whenever you're ready you know I think I saw Brad's already packing a little bit but we're not rushing you or anything you know just at some point early this afternoon we do want to head out and Cheryl was like yeah um I don't know maybe we can uh could we do something else too? Orgie said well me and Sandra were talking about uh maybe we just spend the rest afternoon after the rest of the afternoon like at the at the coast or something um it's not too far from where we're at so we just spend the rest of the afternoon there and then just head back tonight or maybe even get a motel or something. I'm sure uh, the uh Airbnb guy, what's his name, Tucker? I'm sure he could make an exception if we leave a day early because it's an emergency situation. The sheriff was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then Richie laughed. And he was like, yeah, it's, I mean, you know. Also, this area is kind of creepy, too, you know. And the was just like, I, I think it's beautiful. You don't think it's beautiful? And Richie was just like, no, no, it is, you know. It's just, there's always, like, missing persons reports up here, you know? Even me and the ranger were talking about it for a bit, you know? Like, whenever I stay at a cabin like this, I'm always worried about, like, some sort of, like, serial killer situation, you know? And Cheryl was just like, you know what? I haven't 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 even considered that throughout our stay at the cabin. But, uh, thank you for bringing it up, because that adds one more thing for me to worry about. And then Richie was like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. That's not how I meant it. Like, we're heading out anyway. We'll just hang out with the coast, and it'll be cool, you know? And Cheryl was like, yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool. Richie had his coffee, and he was drinking it. He was like, yeah, we're all pretty. Bummed out about it too. And Cheryl nodded and said, "Hmm. Is there any sausage left?" And Richie was like, "Well, I got some right here for you." And then he leaned in for a kiss for Cheryl. And then Cheryl was just thinking, "Fuck. That's see. That's that's the kind of soldier talk that I gotta figure out, man. Shit." So as the afternoon was passing through, uh, everyone was packing their bags, you know, getting ready to go, and then they started to pack up the cars. Cheryl was just like, yeah, we barely even unpacked, so it didn't really take much to pack at all, did it? And Sandra was like, no, no, it didn't. Yeah, it sucks, right? I was having a good time. And Brad was like, you were? And Sandra was just like, yes, I was. And then Brad just put his hands up real quick, uh, insinuating that he wasn't trying to start a fight. The sky started to get uh, smog and the smell of uh, burning wood and burning flesh was definitely more uh, present in the air. They actually had to turn on their windshield wipers to uh, get the soot off their windshields. Richie and Cheryl were in one car, Sandra and Brad were in the other. As Richie was driving, he was turning on the windshields. He was looking up in the sky through the windshield. He's like, ah, oh, it's a, we picked a good time to leave, huh? And Cheryl said, yeah, still wish we didn't have to, though. And Richie was like, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. And Cheryl said, yeah, it sure is. she started to slow down and be like, hey, what the fuck? They've only been driving for 10 or 15 minutes when they approached a very large fallen tree in the road. Richie got out of the car and looked at it. Even pressed his hands on it and pushed his weight on it, as if he was able to push it. It was—it was huge. The trunk was as tall as him, and it just really stretched across the road and beyond. Brad's car stopped behind Richie's, and Brad got out and he was just like, "What's what the fuck?" And Richie was just like, "I didn't. I, dude, look at this." Another way uh, another way around that we can go. And Brad was just like, "I haven't been here in like a year, but I don't think so, man. So let's, let's check the map real quick." So Brad and Rishi were looking over the map, uh, trying to figure out another route. Cheryl and Sandra were leaning on the Ritchie's car. And then Sandra started to smoke a cigarette. Cheryl looked at her, certainly not questioning a cigarette a habit or addiction, but still curiously smoking a cigarette uh, during the smog of a forest fire. Sandra noticed uh, Cheryl's look and she was just like, yeah just feeling feeling pretty morbid, you know And I'm being super cautious with the ash too, you know, I got my ashtray right here, and I'm not going to spread Not spreading another fire or anything and Cheryl was just like, uh, can I have one too? Sandra was like, yeah, sure, sure. So she handed Cheryl a cigarette. They were smoking together, using the ashtray to make sure their ash didn't fly around or anywhere. Actually, uh, Richie and Brad uh, returned to the group, and then Brad was just like, "Are you guys smoking?" He said it like referring to both Sandra and Cheryl, but mainly at Sandra. And then he was just like, "This isn't pro- probably isn't the best time to be smoking, you know." And then Sandra just said, "Well, we can barely breathe as it is. So what does the difference does it make?" Brad was just like, well, at least least do it in the car so the ash doesn't get anywhere. And Sandra was like, I got my ashtray right here. And Richie interjected, and he was like, all right, so we can't find a route around. Um, So unless we leave our cars and just walk, uh, we're talking about going back to the house and getting on that CB radio, uh, see if we can get in touch with any rangers or anything. Because none of us have any cell phone signal right now. Um... So, yeah, that's, that's her plan. And Cheryl was like, I like that plan, it sounds good. And Sandra said, Yeah, but the Ranger also said that a lot of Rangers would be evacuating the area uh, while the firefighters were coming in doing their thing, you know. And Richie said, Yeah, but we gotta. We thought it was worth a try, you know. Uh, Maybe they can either move the log or, like, escort us off the property in a safe way, you know. And Sandra said, well, which way is the, uh, which way the forest fire is coming from? And then Brad said, it's in the, uh ranger said it was uh, heading from the west so i guess in the direction of the house and then sandra said oh so if we just go in this direction where we're going we're not gonna we'll be moving away from the fire so we might as well just get a head start on that instead of just go, going all the way back to the house not hearing anyone on the radio and then heading back on this road She said, "It's, you know, this is. If you have a better idea, I'm all ears. But I think the checking the radio at least is a way to go. As a last resort, we can just drive up back to this log and like start walking or something. Maybe we can find like we can hitchhike or something. Um, But we think radio is the best bet. Maybe someone can meet us uh, where this log crashed. Like if there's a ranger with a car on the other side, you know, we can hitch a ride with them. And then when the forest fire simmers down." Somewhat we can go back for our stuff in our cars. Does that sound worth does that sound worth trying, Sandra? And Sandra was just like it it sounds like worth trying, yes, sure. So they all got back in their cars. Headed back to the, the house, the cabin. take it back to the cabin, uh, get smoggier. Brian knew how to operate a CB radio, so he got on it, and tried to contact someone, uh, a ranger station. It took him a bit to get a hold, get a hold of anyone, uh, but he got in touch with a ranger, uh, saying that they could meet them uh, where the log fell down on the road, and if they rendezvous there, they can just leave their cars on the side of the road and uh, pick them back up. Uh, they can pick them back up either when the log is removed, or when the fire smers down, or a combination of the two. But the ranger said uh, it could take a little bit while a little bit of a while, uh, uh, because they've been having issues, uh, with different rangers, uh, leaving their posts sporadically, uh, not telling anyone. And then Brad, uh, told everyone else, like, alright, so we're gonna meet them, uh, by the, uh, ranger station, uh, yeah, that's well, not the ranger station, the uh, the log where the tree fell, and then a ranger would meet with us and escort us, uh, you know, back out of the area, and then we'd come back for our cars and stuff. Richie said, that sounds good to me. And Sandra said, all right, yeah, me too. And Charles said, good, good. packed up again, ready to go, except Cheryl. She wanted to make a, she was making a cup of coffee in the house. And she was like, does anyone else want some coffee? And then Richie was just like, no, no, I'm good. And Brad was like, no, I already had a cup earlier. And Sandra was like, oh, no, no. And then Cheryl was like, I could go for some coffee. Jeez. So you put a, she put it. in her thermos and they started to drive off again. It was still pretty early in the day, but it felt uh, darker because of the smog in the air. At this point, they were able to see physical flakes of ash float around. It wasn't just ambiguous soot. It was almost like it was snowing. by the, uh, the road site where the log was, they pull over, and then they just wait. And then Richie was saying, oh, it's probably better off in the car, right? You know, don't, uh, don't want to uh, inhale all that soot or anything. Cheryl said, "No, no, certainly not." And she started to smoke a cigarette. And then Richie said, "Do you do you have to do that in here?" And then Cheryl said, "What? I you know, if I want to be to smoke in the car." And then Richie said, "No, I think Brad was saying that to Sandra." And then Cheryl said, "No, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that you said it." And they were too so any which case, you know. You can just, like, smoke outside at least, you know, just so, you know. It's, it's hard to breathe, and this car is, like, the only thing keeping me from, like, choking out. And Cheryl was just like, Sorry, okay. Then she got out of the car and started smoking her cigarette. She knew she was being pissy, but she was also really pissed off and aggravated, reasonably. But she definitely regretted taking a nap on Richie at the time. And told herself she'd apologize for it later when she got back into the car. Cheryl was smoking, uh, feeling a really dense pain in her lungs, really appreciating the uh, sense of irony of smoking uh, during a forest fire smog. Then she looked down at the road, uh, beyond the log, wondering where the uh, ranger car would be. Surely they would have been there by now. Still looked down the road, just waiting, but just seeing it empty. But then, when she looked closer, she saw that there was a. She saw something that looked kind of like a like a jeepish thing, tucked in some shrubbery in some woods. She tucked a cigarette in her mouth and climbed over the log, then she started to walk toward it. It was a ranger car, all right, then she looked in the front seat It's saw a dead ranger. She didn't know how the wound was inflicted, she just saw the blood, all over his chest, still over the windshield. If uh, the ranger uh, was attacked, was murdered, or if it, he just crashed and died there, and she's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh fucking shit!" So she started, she started walking back to the cars, and then uh, she uh, opened the door to Richie's car, and she's like, "The, the um, the ranger's dead." And Richie was like, "What? Well, what are you talking about?" And Cheryl just said that the ranger came. I He's, he's dead. His car's crashed over there. I I don't know what to do. Get Brad and Sandra. I'm freaking out. There's a dead body over there. So Richie got Brad and Sandra. And then Cheryl's just like, "Can someone go like check it out, please? I need a second opinion. I can't look at it. All right." And Sandra was like, "Let's just all go together, right?" And then Brad was like, "Yeah, let's let's do that." Before them climb over the climb over the logs, and then they head to the car that was crashed. Brad inspected the body. Um, while the other three waited. And then he returned and he was just like, okay, so, um, he's he's dead. Uh looked like he was stabbed. I don't know by who, though. If he did from himself, I don't see a bloody knife anywhere or in his hand or anything. So whoever stabbed him, um is around, so I think we should leave like right now. Richie was like, "All right, I got a got a pocket knife in the car." Just like, "All right," Brad was like, "Okay, um, here's what we do. We get our shit, some shit, you know, any weapons we got, bring that. Food, water, it's things only things we can carry, things that can keep us mobile. Um, lock our cars, then take this car." To the nearest ranger station. We put this body in the trunk. And Sandra started to tear up and cry, like, oh Jesus Christ. And Brad was like, we put the body in the trunk temporarily. We drive to a ranger station. Or get someone on the radio on the way to the ranger station. Or at the station. About this murder. And just. Hole up until we can get the fuck out of these woods. And not get burned alive or murdered. Does that. God damn it Does that sound good To anyone else And we was like Fuck man Let's yeah Let's get our shit Lock our cars And just fucking Let's go Yeah let's do it Before them all Move with haste And then uh, When they all got their stuff together They're walking to the uh, jeep Cheryl was like, oh fuck. And then Richie was just like, what? And Cheryl was like, my cigarette. I don't know where my cigarette is. And Richie was like, well, did you, you, if you... Yeah, you had a cigarette. Did you put it out? You got a little trash bag that you've been putting the cigarettes in? And she was like, no, I don't know I don't know where it is, though. It's somewhere in these woods somewhere. It blew away or something. And then Richie was like, well, you put it out, yeah? Cheryl was just like, um, I think I just let it drop when I saw the body. I don't know. And Then Cheryl was trying to look around at all the shrubbery and woods, and then she saw a little patch of fire uh, near, th- near some shrubs, and she was just like, "Oh shit!" She went over and tried to stop on it, stop on it with her boots, and she was like, "Fuck, this is burning." And Sandra was just like, "Cheryl, get away, get away from there." Cheryl's was like, I gotta put it out though, I gotta put it out. Like and Sanders just said, The whole place is burning, let's just go. And then Cheryl's like, What about our stuff though? You know, my my clothes are in there, I have my my diaries in there. And Richie's like, Cheryl, we gotta we have to leave right now. Let's go. And then Cheryl just uh ran to the car. They all got in. The ranger was already in the trunk, and they just drove off and went. Richie looked at Cheryl, and then Richie was like, Cheryl, I'm, I'm sorry. And Cheryl said, "If you just I just needed a couple minutes to just, like get more stuff in the car, you know. Richie said, Cheryl, I'm sorry. Cheryl said, we could have used, used some of her water, you know, to put out the fire. And then Richie held her hand and was just like, Cheryl, I'm sorry. And Cheryl just started to tear up and buried her face in Richie's shoulder. Sandra put her hand on Cheryl's hand. Brad was driving super fast, uh, but he turned around real quick and patted uh, Cheryl on the knee. They all started driving in silence. They eventually make it to a ranger station. It's not too far off. Brad wasn't get a, wasn't able to get a hold of anyone on the radio. They go to the post and go to the main office, and they see another another, another ranger at the desk, uh, also stabbed. Brad moved the body aside and just, uh, try to get someone on the radio. But still no answer. Brad was putting his hands on his head and just freaking out. He's like, okay, okay, shit. Shit? Okay. Um, let's, um, let's, here's what we do. And then Sandra's like, what's your plan now? And then Brad was just like, well, I need a second to think and then I'll... I'll have a good plan for you, I, I assure you, I promise you, Sandra, that I'll have a fucking plan that can uh, get uh, get us out of this alive, alright? Is that what we want to hear? Sandra says, yes, for the love of God, that is exactly what I want to hear. Not only is that what I want to hear, but I also want that to come true. So Brad, just, what do you got? What do you got for us? Brad was just like, oh, I don't like all the pressure of me trying to come up with plans and all that. And then Richie was just like, well, if no one's answering on the radio, then we just drive out of the woods, yeah? And Brad was just like, yeah, that's all we can do. Uh, let's grab some supplies out here. And then... I want to I say call for someone someone for help when we get out of the woods and get signal. But, like... I don't know, like, everything's on fire. There's a murder around. There's a lot of shit stacked against us, you know? But even if you wanted to find, like, this killer dude, uh, you know, you'd also have to not be on fire while you did that so let's just focus on getting the fuck out of these woods and when the fire dies down we just report it to whoever will listen and then we'll figure it out there Sandra and Cheryl started smoking cigarettes and then Richie was like hey I'll I'll, I'll have one too fuck it you know just fucking whatever haven't had a cigarette in five years they're awful but fuck it I could use a cigarette like smoke's already damaging my lungs right like what's more is a cigarette gonna do and then Sandros is like right that's what I'm saying you know so Richie takes a cigarette and starts smoking Cigar. I'm gonna look for, uh, waters or something while you're all on your, uh, on your cigarette break. And Sandra's like, well, maybe, how about you sit down for, like, five or ten minutes, Brad? You're kinda, you're freaking us out a little bit. And Brad was just like, well, we're in an emergency situation. We gotta, we gotta get out of here, you know? And Richie was just like, Brad, sit down. And Brad was just like, come on, man, come on. And then Richie was like, Brad... Seriously. And Cheryl was just like, come on, Brad, like, take a seat here, come here. Cheryl grabbed Brad by the hand and just sat him sat him down at uh, the corner of the office. And Cheryl was just like, you've been doing a lot, do you want some water? And Brad was just like, I could, yeah, I could use some water. Richie found a water bottle and handed it to Brad. He drank like half, half of it, and he's so, like, shit, how much water do we have? was like uh, we, we got a, I brought in a case of bottles uh, from one of our cars into the uh, Ranger uh, car vehicle thing so we're good on that so just don't worry about water we got plenty just drink, hydrate, take a breath Brad was just like well can I have a can I have a cigarette too Richard was just like you sure that'll relax you And Brad was just like yeah because you know just fuck it right. And everyone else just started laughing, and Sandra was just like, yeah, fuck it. And she gave Brad a cigarette. And they all just started to smoke together. And then Brad chuckled, and he was like, hey, to the, to the beat spirit, right? And they all laughed again. sat quietly and, uh, smoked. Cheryl leaned against the wall and, uh, looked out the window, uh, trying to feel like she was in a Patricia Highsmith novel or something. quiet for about ten minutes after their cigarettes and all that. And Brad was like, alright, feeling a little bit better. Thank you. Um, so, let's get uh, let's going, yeah? And she was like, yeah, we got water in the car, I don't think we need anything else. Um, it's not a long drive out of the woods, yeah. And then Brad was just like, no, it should be like a Like another hour's drive for us to get signal again um and then from there we can just call some emergency service and just tell them about what happened so they just get a report down and uh give them as much information as we can so they can so we can help them sort it out or whatever they need from us but let's just focus on getting out of here that's a priority for sure So they all uh, walked out of the ranger station, headed to the car. And then Sandra said, Brad, did you uh, leave the car running? And he was just like, No, I didn't. It was starting to get darker in the sky now, and the headlights were on, and they were bright on their high beams. doors was open also so is the door to the trunk and then Brad was just like alright um I, I don't know how to process this. Like, what the fuck is this? And Sandra was just like, You don't. No one stowed away with us, right? And then Brad was just like, Well, no one could have stowed away with us uh, unless someone was uh, tucked away in the trunk uh, with a corpse. Richie looked at the open trunk and he said, Well, that looks like that's exactly what happened. Look, the body's here rearranged. We didn't put it in there that way. And there's a little, uh, little rug in there, and it's rearranged, too. So, yeah, someone fucking, someone fucking stowed away. It's cool. It's great. Richie put his palm on his, uh, pocket, and then patted down his pants, and went back into the car where he was sitting, and he's just like, and my pocket knife's gone, so that's cool. Someone must have stowed away in the trunk, and then fucking got in the car and took a pocket knife, and now is out here somewhere. And then Cheryl was just like, "Oh, look at this—a flat tire." And then and uh, then Richie was just like, "Yeah, a flat tire. That's fucking cool. It's exactly what we needed." And then Brad was just like, "Well, you know what? There are other cars." If I can take one of them, I see two other cars parked right there. Let's look around for some keys, right? And then Cheryl's just like well if we do that we gotta we gotta stay together, you know? I think the four of us can take one dude with a knife. did stay together, They went to the ranger station, pat down the one dead ranger, uh, at the office, they didn't have any keys there, and they were looking around and just like, where's the other, where's the other ranger? Should be another ranger here, yeah. him outside the building, also stabbed, sprawled out in the grass. Brad patted him down, holding his breath. He says, yep, no, um, no, no keys here either. So he's just like, all right, I guess we gotta hole up here for a bit. And then Sandra was just like, and let the fire come to us. Brad's side, I was just like, we can change a tire, yeah? And then Sancho says, like, yeah, we just need tools and all that. And Brad was like, alright, so, fuck, okay, um, I wanna get, go, we should look for tools on how to, uh, change a tire, but someone has to stay by the car, um, to wash it so the dude doesn't, like, fuck with it anymore. Andrew was just like, I think if we separate, he's gonna murder us uh, one by one. So we we gotta stay together for better or worse. I think that's the way to do it. And then Cheryl was just like, yeah, that's really I agree. And Richie was just like, it's yeah. Brad was and Brad was just like, come on, we gotta do we gotta we gotta be strategic about this. And Richie was just like, Brad, like bottom line, like we gotta we gotta stick together. And Cheryl was just like they're both shitty options, um, but we gotta, yeah, we gotta, we gotta stay together. Brad, come on. And then Brad was just like, all right, fuck. Yeah, yeah, let's stay together. Let's look around, um, let's truck in the trunk of this car first, see if they have, uh, tire stuff. She, uh, messed around in there. And he's like, alright, they got the jack and the screw for the lug nuts and all that. And Brad was just like, cool. Uh, you don't know, you don't know, uh, tire changing terms, do you, Richie? And Richie was like, no, but I know how to do it and I can help. And Brad was like, alright, cool. So, um, alright, so how about, uh, Sandra, you come with me. We're gonna go to that car over there and take the tire from it and put it on the car that we drove in with. Richie... And Cheryl, you stay by this car, we'll be in each other's sights, if anything happens scream or try to like dra- grab the dude if he shows up, and then we'll fucking- we'll get out of here. It was so goddamn nerve-wracking for Richie and Cheryl, to watch Brad and and Sandra to get that tire. and It was so nerve-wracking for Brad and Sandra, for Richie and Cheryl to be alone by the car. As they went through this procedure of getting the new tire, the sky was getting darker, and the glow of the forest fire was getting brighter. And from the way they came, it was getting more and more orange. And the fire was coming closer to them. And Brad was like, "All right, we got it, we got it." So him and Sandra got the tire, read, and attached it. Disattached the uh, the pop tire that was uh, slid. And then I had the new tire. He's like, "All right, that's good, that's good." And then Sandra, wait, can we can we just leave the ranger body? We don't we don't need it. And Brad was like, "Okay, okay." Brad, uh, Brad and Richie uh, grabbed the body and then uh, set it down um, by the by by the front of the uh, front of the ranger station, positioned in the way as. As respectful as they could, while also being in a fucking hurry, hurry to get out of Dodge. So both of all four of them get in the car, and they start driving. It's now night, and the orange in the forest is blazing really bright. We drive for about 10 minutes, when another car behind them makes an appearance. It's a ranger station car with its high beams on, and is following them really close and on their tail. Cheryl sighed and looked back, and she was like, that must be the guy. Sandra looked back and nodded. She was like, yeah, probably. And then Sandra asked, uh, do ranger stations have guns? The whole car was quiet. Uh, Richie was just like, um, I don't know. I don't know if they do. Uh, we didn't see them when we were in there, but we didn't look very thoroughly either. Brad, do you know if um, do you know if Rangers have guns for, for us Rangers and stuff? And Brad was just like, I, I I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Richie was like, if they had guns, we probably would have seen them. Sandra was like, well, maybe they're just in a locker somewhere. If we looked a little bit more thoroughly. Richie sighed and said, Yeah, maybe. Driving for another 30 minutes. And Brad said, uh, we're running out of gas. And Charles said, What? And Brad said, We're running out of gas. Does anyone have some does anyone have phone signal? Everyone checked their phones. And they were all like, Nope. Nope. None of them had signal. And Brad was like, cool. Brad was just like, uh, Sandra, do you got another cigarette? And Brad said hey, Sandra, do you have another cigarette? And Sandra said, uh, yeah, yeah. Brad was like, alright, can I smoke it? So she gave him a cigarette and he started smoking it. Not letting the windows down. Smoking, calling to the car. Brad sighed and said, so... Gonna pull over and confront this guy following us. And then Richie said, Brad, that's goddamn insane. Brad said, I know. But we're probably not gonna have enough gas, um, to take us out of the forest, out of the woods. So, I'm saying we just fucking confront this guy and, um, just try to fuck him up or something. If he has a gun we just swarm him. If he have a knife we have a knife, we just swarm him. And we just take his car and use that to drive out, you know. This guy's just waiting for an opportunity to, you know to get us. I'm going to pull over now, so everyone be ready. Cheryl, Sandra, and Richie were all quiet. Not feeling they had much of a choice in the matter, matter, and felt like Brad was kind of losing his shit a little bit. And Sandra said, okay. Let's be ready for it. Richie said, yeah, okay. And Cheryl said, yeah, fine. So they all pulled over, and then car behind them pulled over as well. Brad stepped out of the car first, then the other three followed him. And then the car behind them. It wasn't a Ranger station car. It was just some guy that stood out. And he said, I've been, I've been following you guys for, like, the past 40 minutes. Do you have a... Is your phone getting signal? I need to call my wife. And Brad's just like, where are you coming from? And the guy was just like, oh, I was uh, just, uh... You know, at my cabin. Uh, you know, I heard that uh, everyone was, you know... Just getting nervous. I, had, I wanted to check on it. Um, wanted to get my possessions from there. Um, some I was running into some people for an Airbnb... Brad was like Are you what's your name? And the guy was like, Oh, Tucker, Tucker. And then Brad was like, Alright, we were staying at your house for the Airbnb. And Tucker was like, Yeah, that's fine, that's cool. I just need to I just need to use your phone. You know? Brad was like, That's okay. So we're running out of gas in our car. We're hoping we could ride with you out of the forest. Tucker said, yeah, I talked to the, uh, talked to a ranger, um, about the forest fire and that they were evacuating. Brad said, oh, which, uh, which ranger were you talking to? And then, uh, the guy said, uh, uh, Sergeant, uh, uh not Sergeant, but, uh, Ranger Sims. Yeah, Sims, that was his name. He was making evac, uh, he was making evacuation calls. We were supposed to meet you at the cabin, but I must have just missed him. Brad was just like, how'd you get to the cabin when the uh, log fell? And the guy was just like, oh, there's two ways, two ways to the cabin. Um, yeah, it took like the longer route. And Brad was like, okay, well, none of our phones are getting uh, any signal. We just checked, uh, but we can, can we ride with you? And the guy said, yeah, yeah, you can all come, come here with me. So Brad started to walk toward the car first. Cheryl, Sandra, and Richie were also taking slow steps. Cautious steps. And the Brad st- suddenly grabbed the guy. And then Sandra shouted, Brad, Brad! And uh, Brad and the guy, uh, presumably Tucker, allegedly Tucker, they were scuffling. They both fell to the ground. Brad held held up up a uh, knife while we had uh, the guy pinned down. And he said, Richie, Richie, is this your knife here? Richie was like, yeah, that's my knife. That's my knife. And the guy was like, I found it at the ranger station. I got it for protection. And then Brad was like, everyone's dead at the ranger station. You killed them started to wail on the guy a little bit more. The guy was just saying, No, I talked to Ranger Sims just on the... Just on the radio, they caught the guy! And Brad stood up. The guy was leaning... Sitting on the asphalt, bleeding. Cheryl, Sandra, and... Richie were standing around on guard. slowly went to the guy's car. He had a radio hook up there. And he went to the right signals. It's like is there a Ranger Sims available? Ranger Sims? Sims anywhere, and they, uh, Brad gave an official, uh, radio call for the ranger. And then the guy on the asphalt said, I just, I swear, I just talked to him like five minutes ago. Brad was holding the knife and, uh, holding it toward the guy. Brad was just like, everyone, let's, uh, let's get into this car here. Sandra, Cheryl, and Richie all slowly walked to the car, keeping an eye on the guy on the asphalt. And they all got in the car and drove off past him, leaving him on the side of the road. Sandra, Richie, and Brad, they all made it out of the woods, out of the forest, safely from the forest fire. The forest fire made its sweep. It burned up the, uh, the cabin, the cars, the ranger station. contacted authorities, uh, emergency services, and told them everything that happened, uh, great detail, uh, sparing no detail at all, even the things that they weren't proud of. They did mention the murders, and how someone was following them outside the ranger station, and how they took his car, and then drove off and escaped. They said they didn't find any evidence of, uh, any specific stabbings, uh, the bodies were too damaged by the fires, uh, to really tell how they died, if they were already dead, or if they were scorched to death. And as the weeks went by when they were, uh, containing the fire a bit better and finding more bodies that were burned... They did find the body of, uh, Tucker, who owned the cabin. Uh, near the road where they, uh, drove off from. He was caught by the fire. As for whoever, uh, allegedly did the stabbings, uh, they didn't find a secondary body of anyone else in that area. There were some people who had cabins there, more further off, but they didn't find any human bodies in the vicinity of where they were staying or where the ranger post was. Other than the rangers and Tucker. Cheryl, Sandra, or Jean brad they weren't sure if the person who committed those murders during the forest fire was able to get away, or if that was Tucker all along, and he got what he deserved. But either way, of them would never know. that's quarantine spook show i'm kyle carezzi and good night